0: Hey, this is Business Baby with Little Joe, a small biz podcast. We're going to freaking gossip with some small businesses. Okay, bye. If you want to call me baby, yeah, go ahead. And if you like business, maybe, yeah, that's what I said. And if you want to talk for hours, talking to Sarah from Top Shelf Preserves you like pickles you like preserves you like jars full of stuff oh that's actually perfect well 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 hello Sarah from Top Shelf Preserves hi Joe. how's it going hi Hi, I'm good I'm so excited to talk to you thank
1: you for having me on oh yeah um Sarah do you remember how we met I have been trying to recall, because I think it's just one of those cases of like, I just don't remember, maybe it's the Ottawa thing, like I know you threw innumerable people, but I, I do have like a distinct memory of running into you one time on Argyle Street, or no, on Frank Street, holding a pumpkin and your dog. <laughs> and I was like, hey, are you Joe? And you were like, yeah, that's me. And I was like, cool, I'm Sarah. I work at the Mix." <laughs> it's like November. And I was like, why do you do the pumpkin? And you're like, I'm gonna feed my dog. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: <laughs> and that was like stuck in my mind ever. Like I was always like, oh yeah, that's that person with the pumpkin with the pumpkin know, dog that doesn't <laughs> want to walk.
0: That's so funny. I also cannot remember how we met, and I feel like I've just known you forever, or I've known about you forever. Like I don't remember a time in my brain where I didn't know who you were. Yeah,
1: it's funny how that happens. Like it, I don't. Especially, I feel like my memory is pretty bad for this kind of stuff like once I know someone i have like I've always known them we've we've always been friends (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about it's always been this way but I do remember when you open your shop because I was like whoa that's so cool and then I like reached out and was like hey like it's so cool you're doing I want to help out if I can or maybe you want to have some preserves for your opening day I remember we chatted about doing like a giveaway or something yeah and then I came to your opening day and I was like oh my god what a mess happening (laughs) I felt like fear like I was like why is it so busy it's like I'm perfectly busy um and then I just (laughs) felt like wow this is so legit yeah
0: like our first day we opened we had a strict opening time and I guess we were like setting up and not really paying attention to if there was people outside and uh Kate went to like look five minutes before we opened if there was people outside and I was like behind bar watching her to be like did anybody come (laughs) and she like turned around and burst out crying and she was like there's a lineup down the block and um she was like a mess after that she was just so happy and so surprised and she could not work because she was just like so emotional (laughs) but then you were also there when we first opened just like helping me do dishes and keep up which was like so sweet of
1: you I I remember being like why don't I come and like I'll do some sampling of like top shelf preserve stuff and I'll set up like a little table and I had like samples with me and I was gonna and then it just was so obvious there was like no (laughs) way that was gonna happen like it was just so insane and I just yeah thought you guys were in the weeds like I was just (laughs) like oh my god what can I do and uh, I just started like doing dishes and then I think you you were like make cake batter and I was like what <laughs> you want know to make cake batter um yeah. which I was just wild I was like what do you mean you want me to
0: I cake. was like I don't know we're out of food man
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah that was really intense I just remember yeah. being like this is so like I knew you guys were going to resonate but it yeah. was really cool to see it like people showed up for that like so hard and yeah Um, It was so cool to be there on opening day. Like I have a bunch of photos of (laughs) just the chaos and like, yeah, the lineups and like, that was so fun. I, that was like the beginning of like, okay, wow, you guys are just gonna do whatever you want and people will. Inevitably
0: show up, I think. Yeah, we were definitely really lucky. Um, I still can't believe all the support that day, and I don't know.
1: <laughs> Wasn't it like raining? I feel like it was a bad weather day. I can't, I can't really remember. I don't remember.
0: I just remember all day being like, "There's not enough food, and yeah. people are going to be waiting in line for nothing." Did you like have to
1: send people to the store, <laughs> yeah. or what? It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> legendary opening
0: can you tell us a little bit about top shelf
1: i had worked in kitchens for a long time and i kind of wanted to i needed a break basically from what i was doing Mm -hmm. i had gone to university while i was cooking and kind of had these designs that i would do something more real than cooking yeah i ended up just kind of circling back to cooking and being like this is actually what i really like to do and what i'm good at doing but i just keep being in jobs where i'm not feeling like challenged or like creative or yeah I was feeling really stuck too because restaurants kind of feel like there's these polarizing you know you can either work in fine dining or you can work in a pub and it's like yeah it's hard to find a middle ground between those two and I think now in Ottawa there's so much more yeah really cool restaurants that are you know somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. but at the time I was craving like a change and I ended up just leaving a line cooking job and I just like in my mind was like, this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to start this business. I didn't really have much of a plan. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of just threw myself into it and then that that actually worked really well for like my personality style, I guess. Yeah. But because I just threw myself in like a lot of the details are a little fuzzy, but
0: (laughs) you don't remember meeting me. You (laughs) don't remember how you started making jam. What the hell? (laughs) 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 But then all of a sudden you were making jam. What did that look like?
1: That was 2013. Like I decided like, okay, May 1st, 2013, that's my date that I become self-employed. I tried to do a bunch of, uh, I don't know, like when you're starting a business, you don't know what to do, right? <laughs> and
0: then Sometimes five years later, you still don't know what to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So pretty much just like started a website, started working on recipes at home. And then I did, I went back to my old job at the Manx part-time, which was awesome because they were super supportive of my business. And so I was able to keep working like good shifts there. And Mm -hmm. a friend of mine, she was helping me develop recipes and just kind of figure out what I wanted to do. We were just doing all this stuff at my house at the time. Yeah. And uh, she signed me up for a farmer's market and yeah. I was really unhappy with her. This is my friend Ella. <laughs> I was like, why would you do that? That's not nice. You should ask me. Um, yeah. And she was like, well, you don't have to go. You know, they said you could you could try it out. This is the farmer's market on Preston.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: um, and we went. It was just it was fun. Like I don't think really sold much, but I was like attracted to the whole it was so different from what I was doing, like just yeah. cooking in the, in the back. I was actually interacting with people. People were really jazzed about, wow, these beets taste like my grandma's. <laughs> and I was like really feeding off that energy yeah. and like it, yeah. it really confirmed like what I wanted to do. Yeah, And then I found a, like a place to run my business properly. So in 2014, I moved into like this little shop uh, in Ottawa South. Yeah. All my friends knew I was looking. So I ended up getting a message from my friend, Simon Bell. And he was like, oh, I saw this ad and I thought of you. And I went and saw it like that day, I think in my typical fashion, I like wrote a cover letter or something and showed up like wearing a suit or something. and was like, hi there. I'm a, i am I have a very prestigious business and I want to, um, it just like happened so fast. And like, next thing I knew I had a little company and then I was just, then next thing I knew I was in over my head and I just worked all the time. And the farmer's market was at Brewer's Park, which was like a five minute walk away. Mm -hmm. So on Sundays I would like grab my giant oversized wagon and <laughs> drop down to the market and just like roll up with my bills and just like make it rain at the farmer's market. And oh, like, that's oh, so awesome. I still like get a rush, actually. Yeah. Like, I love buying food. Uh, so this is a great job for me. Yeah, it just kind of happened organically in that way, which I'm really grateful for, because I didn't exactly know what my business was until people started buying stuff. Yeah. And then like once I had a proper kitchen space, I started selling wholesale to specialty grocery and to restaurants
0: Mm -hmm.
1: everything just kind of happened really fast and like it is hard to remember every detail.
0: (laughs) So long ago. Yeah. And you were saying you get a lot of your produce locally or at the farmer's markets. Is there like a lot of limitation with that?
1: Yeah, that made a lot more sense back when I was writing labels by hand, which it turns out is like not efficient. It's not a good use (laughs) of your time as a business owner. I was just really obsessed when I started with just trying everything and seeing what's stuck. Mm-hmm. And that really made me understand what I like to do, what was scalable, what my customers wanted to buy, Yeah. What things are too spicy. And it it gave me that freedom to like play around with stuff. And then once I knew what was selling, I kind of had to like reel it in a bit and figure out how to scale those recipes up. And then once I was there, like, you know, it's a lot more challenging to have a plan and then try and fit the farmer's market into it. Yeah. There's products that I make where we have a connection with a farmer that's going to grow something for us or, like, has us in mind for it or will call me if they have a bumper crop. And then there's other stuff where I have, you know, sourced it where I know I can get it reliably or it has the characteristics that I need because we make thousands and thousands of jars of this stuff. So it just has to be a little more predictable, you know, so there's less... uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know you're like a huge, passionate gardener. (laughs) I feel like every time I see you you talk about your garden. That's funny. Do you uh, do you ever grow your own produce or pick your own produce for your products?
1: I don't. But I like growing stuff because it really gives me a major, major, major appreciation for the work that goes into growing food. Like because we'll just get, you know, a thousand pounds of vegetables delivered to the shop. Yeah. And we just process them over days and days and you kind of just take it for granted that all those, yeah, like we buy beans from Foster's Farm, like all those beans were planted and watered and weeded and picked and bagged and delivered and <laughs> then we go and deal with them all and when I go into my garden and I can only <laughs> grow like six beans, I'm like, thank God I don't have to feed myself. It's like, it's gonna be a small batch. <laughs> it's gonna be really difficult to feed oneself. Uh, I do, I I love gardening, but I don't have a ton of gardening skills. But it's really fun. I find it very relaxing and like, yeah, it's definitely not a subsistence uh, situation. Yeah, we have plum trees in our backyard, so every year if we get any plums, like I'll try and make a jam or something out of them strawberries in the yard because I knew it would attract birds like it's more of a yeah just getting my hands dirty kind of thing yeah
0: and right now you're in a shared kitchen can you talk about that a little bit
1: yeah Um, so I was at my shop in old auto south until 2017 and I moved out of there and I moved in with a friend of mine, Michael Sunderland, who owns Michael's Dolce Jams, mm-hmm. he was renting a space with Pascal's Ice Cream at the time, and he wanted to get his own shared kitchen space. And yeah. so we actually put plans together, the two of us, and like the kitchen was being built and stuff. And it was really a cool experience for me because uh, yeah. we. Kind of didn't really know what we were doing. As business owners, <laughs> just do, you know. And uh, it was really cool, like really, really cool learning experience. Yeah. And then yeah, like I've been there since 2017. We have two other businesses that share our space: Snellhouse Foods and Hungry Babe. So between the four businesses, it's it's quite a busy spot. Yeah but we really have all worked a good rhythm and you know yeah. we have little breakfasts and lunches together and
0: oh. it's a pretty wholesome space <laughs> yeah
1: as a business of our size like we're pretty small it's yeah. really ideal Starting out, it's just like so much less stuff to worry about. And because there's four owners there, everyone really takes responsibility for stuff. Yeah. I've worked in a lot of places, you know, and it's like a lot of places have a lot of neglect. Yeah. So when you have a bunch of business owners together, it's really cool what you can do. Yeah.
0: I know you recently had put up a post that this was one of your busier times that you've had. And we've also talked about how the last few months have been really busy for Top Shelf. With that happening, how did you come to terms with your production limits and like learning how to say no to people when you're like actually for real maxed out?
1: I have trouble saying no, as like anyone who knows me will (laughs) attest to. And I think it's obviously problematic, but in a lot of ways, you know, I'm still in business seven years later because I try to say yes to whatever I can. Yeah. It's definitely been a lot of challenges with being busier, being busier in different ways, supply yeah. chain. Like, it was stressful in a lot of ways because there's always something unexpected. Yeah. But at the same time, with my business being more mature now and just like I kind of have a rough idea of what we're going to do, it was, it was really good to just have orders roll in and yeah. just... Try and make it work. You know, I actually just have gotten really good at responding to emails and just saying, I can't do X, Y, and Z, (laughs) but I can send you like this. Yeah. And people are just like, yes or no. Yeah. You know, and like, so in a lot of ways, it's not how I envision doing business. It's not how I thought it would look like, but it kind of makes sense. You know, we just do what we can. Yeah. Everything we're putting out, I'm really happy with. So that's the main thing. And we have fun at work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's the same for us. Like, I get a lot of emails. Like, people want specialty cakes or something ridiculous. And obviously, like, I wish I could do that. But, like, we're already so restricted with, like, who we have working and the days we are open that I always just am like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't take a special request, but... I have this amazing website with all these (laughs) other options, and they're all so delicious. Yeah. At the beginning in COVID, I kind of felt bad for doing that at first. Yeah. And my roommate, Jesse always says to me, like, you know, there's, like, no emergency around baked goods. Like, that's not real. Mm -hmm. So if you have to say, like, no to someone about a baked good, like, they're going to be totally 100% fine. And I think it took a while for that to like sink in. But now that's kind of like my slogan to myself is it's it's actually okay to just like not be able to do that.
1: Yeah. It's it's hard when it's something you want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like there's stuff I personally want to do and then there's stuff I want to do in my business. And it, yeah. it's always like a struggle of like who comes first. And yeah. I definitely give myself a lot of projects at work that are yeah. not to make money there to yeah. like make me happy because yeah. I created this job for myself because I wanted to learn everything that interested me about preserving so of course I have to do a few like fun weird projects every year but yeah. I've stopped trying to sell them I'm just like <laughs> <keep> learning <laughs> on the job like
0: yeah I'm the same way like right now I'm in a phase where I really want to learn how to decorate different cakes yeah and like i definitely don't have time to be doing that. But at the same time, like I don't want to make the same thing every day all the time. And like learning is so important for my business. And like in lockdown right now, like I'm not really getting the opportunity to learn through collaboration or like with working with other businesses. Mm -hmm. So I, for me right now, there's like a huge Mm -hmm. need to like learn and grow my skills and try new things. And I don't always know how to like do that while like sometimes I'm learning something and there's like no room for it on my menu yeah so it's like I guess next year I'll be really good at doing this for next fall there's no time for me to like learn and then produce it at a quantity where I can like actually sell a lot of them yeah and it's like hard to come to terms with but it's also like it's totally fine. Like I'll be fine.
1: Um, I always have to tell myself like, cause I'll be really disappointed that I wasn't yeah. able to do something. Yeah. But no one else knows I was going to do it. Yeah. So I'm always like, Oh man, I didn't do this thing. I missed the deadline. Oh, I can't do it. Like frig. Yeah. But like Dana who does all my deliveries, She'll be like, Sarah, no one knows you're going to do it. Like it's fine. You only let yourself down. Just don't tell anyone yeah. you're going to do it. So I'm like getting better at like being a little more secretive. And then yeah. when something's ready, then it's really exciting because it takes so much more effort. I find mm-hmm. now that I'm a bit more advanced or
0: busier. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like there's just a lot more to think of. So it's yeah. harder to get new stuff out there because like, it's like we're business owners, but we're also crafts people. Right. So yeah, we want to hone our craft. But, you know, we also want to
0: pay our bills. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And now here's Ray with a word from our sponsor. This episode of Business Baby is brought to you by Cozy Sweaters. Do I put the sleeves up or down? And this is just a shout out to the staff at Mary Dairy, the most nicest patient staff in the whole
1: wide world. And some pretty good friggin' ice cream. 2020 was a crash course in online sales. like For everyone. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It pretty much <laughs> consumed me. Yeah, I did a craft show online for Mother's Day last year with Cheerfully Made. Mm-hmm. And it was so busy. Everyone was freaking out. It was so much more work than I think anyone... Thought it would be, we yeah. didn't know the response would be there, and so after that event, I was like, I got to figure this out. Like Christmas is coming, <laughs> and it's like Mother's <laughs> Day, and I was like, Oh my god, like, I can't play around anymore. Yeah, no, I was like, No, we really, I got to like hunker down. It was nice to see customers show up for us because it really yeah. helped us get that step ahead of like yeah. being able to be as ready as possible for our busy season. Yeah, and uh, I feel like I made every mistake I could, but at <laughs> the same time, I'm, people were very patient and uh, customers are great and people are really happy to get their stuff and a few broken jars here and there a few uh,
0: broken jars a few broken hearts whatever (laughs) whatever Um, yeah and it's really wild like obviously the holidays are amazing for my business and like we get so many orders but also it's so overwhelming like I have all these pop-up tables that I used to use for events. I have like yeah. 10 of them. And on a holiday weekend, they're just popped up all over my shop. Oh, holding man. orders. And it's like, obviously, it's amazing to get that support. And like, that's what like brings money into your business. And it's so important. But then it's like, it's so overwhelming to have like a weekend or two weeks like that, where it's like hundreds of orders coming in nonstop, overstaffing. And then like, the next weekend is just like the weekend after Valentine's. So like nobody actually cares anymore. And like, it's really like for me personally, I find it a little bit difficult to like ride that wave of like staying on top of the holidays because like, it's not just like producing the orders. It's like, okay, well I need to get the packaging. I need to get the product. I need to get uh, enough staffing in. And it's like, you know, we have a rhythm in place as business owners because we've been doing it for so long. But now in lockdown, you know, people are ordering so much more and so differently around holidays. And it's like... The rhythm is
1: totally disrupted.
0: Yes. And that's the thing I think a lot of people don't realize about small business in COVID is we already had all these years to establish our business. And then all of a sudden COVID came and we started a brand new business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... I do. Yeah. Everything is new every day, every season. And like, I know it's been a year now, so like we are a little more comfortable or we know to get ready for the holidays. But... It's awesome to be busy, but it's like so hard and so overwhelming and just like really hard on our bodies, like so hard on our bodies to do that much work. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. I it's been an immense amount of work. Like Mm -hmm. everyone I know has been pushing so hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy year. Like I haven't really actually had a lot of time to reflect on it. Yeah which is one reason why I was a bit nervous to come on your show because I was like, I don't know what's happened. I don't know what happened seven years ago. I don't know what happened this
0: year. I don't have any answers for you.
1: You know, I've just like rushed in like at first I was like, oh, well, I guess this is it. I'm yeah. closing my business. You know, yeah. I'll have to get another job. No one yeah. will to hire me. I'm so bossy. Um, <laughs> what am I going to do? Oh my God. Existential I crisis.
0: I know. I'm also the worst. I would never listen to a boss. Yeah. It was the same for us. Like when we took our two weeks off, I remember saying to Ray, like, I think like our business is done. And then we were calculating in both of our bank accounts, like I have this much on my visa, like this can cover rent. And like, I just assumed I would spend whatever I had in saving Until I, like, was out of business. Mm -hmm. I didn't see this kind of, like, upswing of, like, having my business again. Yeah. But like you said, like, we have, like, 10 minutes to, like, mourn the loss of our business. And then that didn't happen. You know, like, it, it became, like, a whole new project. And there just really hasn't been a lot of time to, like actually settle into like covid and being in a pandemic because it's been like so much yeah adapting and constant like flux in our business and
1: like the way that i do business is on a really long timeline i'm the kind of person that will yeah. really i'll put in the work and wait for those returns to come like years later yeah so this year is really hard for me because everything is just so uncertain it was yeah. just there was like A moment there where you couldn't even go to the farmer's market, (laughs) the price of fruit went really expensive. Foreign workers were not able to come here. Fruit didn't get picked. It it was such a disruption that just permeated in so many ways that I I told myself, like, I can no longer plan a year in advance. I usually look at a calendar and kind of plan what I'm going to do the following year. Mm -hmm. I switched from looking 12 months ahead to looking a week ahead, seven days. Like it was just rocked my world. I find it, I find it so stressful. Yeah. Because every week like, oh, what the heck? I'm out of this jar cap or this label ran out because (laughs) all of a sudden some person wanted to get like all the inventory I had of this specific jam and now I'm out of it and why did I pay the photographer to put it on the website <laughs> and then this one person bought it all, but then it's like, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. I am constantly trying to calm myself down. It's fine. It's fine. You yeah. wanted to sell it all now. It's sold. Just keep going. Like, yeah, it is really hard. Cause I, like you say, we look at our businesses and yeah, kind of anticipate what's going to happen and it's Mm -hmm. just been so unpredictable yeah but yeah so grateful people really so grateful made us feel important this year
0: and people are so cool if you're like oh I don't know I just don't have a box that that fits in or I don't know this is just the way we have it now yeah I feel like people are like yeah that's fair yeah that's fair that (laughs) like I can't really have expectations yeah and I kind of hope like That kind of, like, kindness and patience with service people and kitchens and whatever, I hope that stays in place. Um, I hope that's just, like, how it is now Mm -hmm. and that there isn't, like, these, like, wild expectations of small business and that people can, like, kind of, like, give more forgiveness around these things. Because it's been amazing and it's, like, given me a lot of room to, like, make mistakes and learn and it's been really nice. Okay, we're gonna stop talking about COVID because everyone's like, Enough. Yeah, heck. fair enough. <laughs> we get it.
1: Happily moving on, yeah.
0: <laughs> you and I both have like a long history of working in like different kitchens and not always having like a super wonderful experience. When you opened your own business, what was it like to be able to like set expectations around safety and inclusivity in your own space?
1: I never really thought of doing that consciously. Um, Yeah. And I worked alone, mostly alone for a long time at my old shop. Mm -hmm. And I I did have a lot of people helping me, supporting me. Um, But my days were a lot of just me. Yeah. And then, yeah, I had a a really close friend working with me, um, Lou, who you know as well. And that was like a dream because it's like, okay, I'm just working with my best friend. So nice. So there was no real thought of like, okay, what's our work culture? You know, I I wasn't thinking that way. I was more just like, we have to get these beets peeled and (laughs) processed, like, you know, I got that, got to get that order in. I mean, it wasn't something that I was really prioritizing, but I think through my actions and through all my decision-making, like those values are really present and just the people I'm around are so awesome. Like, we have like a very kind kitchen. It's like the way I would put it. People aren't, you know, like in some kitchens, like even the best of them, people are just really abrasive and like yeah. myself included, you know, you kind of pick up on that and it's just allowed and, you know, people can just be, it's just very intense, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, if a kitchen's gonna be intense, might as well be nice to each other. And I find like yeah. it just yes. makes things really good, yeah. you know. And because we're all business owners at the shared space, yeah, there's a real compassion for each other, you know. Like, oh man, yeah, of course, that person didn't pay you. What the heck, like, yeah. Or, oh, like, that's so cool. That thing that you were waiting for came in. Like, let's all (laughs) celebrate this together, you know? Like, Like I feel seen. (laughs) uh, Yeah, Yeah. it's so awesome. It's really great. Yeah. I had kind of this ongoing joke of like, when I make it, I'm going to buy this sugar bin. (laughs) It's like, when I finished cooking school, I worked at this restaurant in the market, Sweetgrass. And awesome place uh, with Warren Sutherland. Anyway, he had really nice kitchen equipment, uh, including this big sugar bin that will hold like 60 <laughs> kilos of sugar and I was like man they're so expensive but one day I'm gonna buy it One day, and then I bought it like at Christmas for like Aww. a present to my business and yeah. everyone at the kitchen was like oh my god unboxing <laughs> like all gather around like wow, oh my god cool sugar bin I'm so jealous yeah. um so that was fun yeah so you try and have fun and yeah mostly we just love to eat yeah. so we're always like Eating treats and yeah. talking about TV shows that we watched, and it is really nice. Though I, I often forget like yeah. what it was like before yeah. working yeah. in other places, yeah. and that kind of stress, like it drives people out of the industry that would stay. A hundred percent, yes. People with talent and and vision, and you know, good leadership, and mm-hmm. there's just so much negativity, and yeah. it's it really drains people, and a lot of people leave. You know, a lot of women, especially, or are queers, or are, just sensitive people end yeah. up leaving because yeah. like there's too much BS and yeah I would like to see that change and I think yeah you know, a lot of ways again it ha- like our restaurants have started changing yeah um, like tons of work to do there but tons of work I was like the same
0: when I opened my business like we opened and I was like 25 years old and when something happened and I didn't like it I would just be like no, I don't like that. (laughs) And like, I just have like, if something was happening, or someone was behaving or a customer was like interacting with my staff in a way that I didn't like, I would just be like, no, you have to leave. And I just like right away was like, I don't ever want to do that again. Like I don't ever want to like, sacrifice like my happiness and the environment and staff morale. Like, I just want to all work together to like, be happy at work and like be safe Yeah, and like definitely for me like a huge turning point with like creating that community was when I like hired Jace and they worked for me for years and like they had this like protective like energy and like insight about like my business and staff safety and like my time and like a lot of times if people were coming in and they'd go like straight back to the kitchen like Jace was like the first person to like get in the way and be like like actually you can't just like walk into the kitchen and take up their time. Mm -hmm. They were, like, really key in me, like, creating this staff that, like, was on the exact same page as me. Yeah. And even little things, like, I remember, like, one time it, like, snowed a bunch and I had been working a lot and I was just, like, so exhausted and burnt out and, like, tired of owning a business. And, like... I was, like, napping and I, like, woke (laughs) up and Jace was, like, shoveling my driveway at home. And, like, they were just, like, a perfect example of, like, I don't think, like, you should, like, have to go and do that stuff for (laughs) your employer. Like, obviously, that's ridiculous. But it was really, like, seeing, oh, like, if you take care of your staff
1: they will like put it back into the business oh man like tenfold everyone says like your staff your greatest asset and it's like 100 percent. oh my god you can't do it alone <laughs> you it can. sucks to do it alone you can't um, and it's not special it's way it's not more special, special yeah. when other people care and yeah that's cool that's so cool i mean you're so good at creating that environment where people want to contribute too i think
0: i think i'm okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's important to me. Like, I just, you know, I love collaboration and I do like having that environment. Like, I mean, you got to work
1: there every day. You want it to be good. I think that's why small businesses are always going to be a better place to work. I mean, often are, anyway. Yeah.
0: Sarah, can I ask? Uh In this year, your busiest year ever, everything changing, planning your menu week to week. (laughs) Has it changed what Top's future goals are?
1: It may, yeah. Well, I think it's really changed my opinion of my own business in a way or like increased like my own confidence in my business. Yeah. We got approached by like, I mean, I can't even, yeah. <laughs> You're not even going to tell us. You're not even <laughs> going to tell us. I know. I know. It's just, it's, like, this is too exclusive to say on this
0: podcast. It feels <laughs> surreal.
1: So many <laughs> things happened in one short time. Yeah. While yeah. I was like really, involved in work and so like really the only thing going on in my life for the last seven years has been work but especially the last year yes and because I'm so engaged with it and I I feel like I'm riding this wave Mm -hmm. it's like I do feel a lot of like that I can take risks now because I feel like we have the audience for it yeah so I don't have any specific future goals but I feel open to like dreaming a bit more so nice um now that the pressure is off just like I mean, the pressure is never off paying the bills. I would never say that, but I mean.
0: But now we can see there's a lot of types of ways to do business. Yeah, true. And there's a lot of ways we can like grow our business and it doesn't have to look like what we thought it had to look like. Yeah, yeah. Which is like so nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am excited to just like basically every year in my business does feel like a new business. Yeah, yeah. Because when you increase what you're doing like 10% or whatever Mm -hmm. it that on a daily level that really has an impact yeah so we're constantly evolving and changing and i hope like my business goals and my personal goals can kind of play off each other more and you know i can have a job that can grow with me basically as i head off into old age
0: sarah May I ask you, shoot, are there any products that you make for top shelf or any food in general that bring you comfort or have special memories attached to it? And can you tell us about it?
1: Yeah, I think like comfort is one of my guiding kind of yeah cooking principles, which is why I never really quite felt like. I was in the right place between fine dining and pubs. I like a really conscious, refined, but like really comfort type (laughs) of meal or like thing. Food has all these memories and. There's a lot of products that I make that do have some real personal memories. Like the one I'm thinking is my grandmother's baked beans, which I, as a kid, I don't know why I liked the weirdest food, but I (laughs) loved sauerkraut, which my nanny and papa are my mom's parents. My papa made really good sauerkraut and... Nanny made pickle beads and baked so beans nice. and oh my God. all these like really awesome foods that yeah. I'm like, I was such a weird kid to like them, but yeah. <laughs> they just make me feel so like loved and yeah. cared for. And I love nothing more than just like a big old bowl of sauerkraut with like potatoes. And oh my God. It's so nice yeah and like going down into her cellar and like finding these like dusty old jars of pickles yeah. and like weird and being like what's this and <laughs> I just love the unearthing of these like I'll I'll go to my mom's and just go through her cupboards and be like what is this Is this a salsa why didn't you label this, <laughs> <I hate> this. <laughs> do you have any of that applesauce left you know <laughs> yeah. um for preserves like I grew up eating like fruit and syrup. So we weren't really a big jam or marmalade household, but like plums and syrup was probably my favorite. These little yellow plums. Um, my dad cooked a lot. So when I was at my dad's house, we'd always have different interesting foods. Like I loved having sour cherries. We used to make these sour cherry dish, uh, which I thought was so yummy and buy these cherries in a big bottle. Like I just, I love, um, Cooking like just is so engrossing. Yeah. It's a very sensory and it totally connects you to like your past yeah. and it allows you to communicate up those feelings with other people. And when people resonate with the stuff I make, I, it really gives me like a sense of like, that's what it's supposed to do. Like the pickled beets, for example, like which are number one, like top seller. It's like, (laughs) they're not, to me, it's like very pedestrian. Like we just had it at dinner. But I love that so many other people are like, oh my God, I love this. It reminds me of my Nana or whatever. Uh Oh, so nice. I'm just very sentimental foodie. That's really nice. What about you? Do you, what do you make that reminds you of like good feelings? And the
0: memory I have with like food, even though I would say like, I only got into cooking or like baking literally because I was working somewhere where they were short-staffed and I was supposed to be like a service person and they were like, can you get in the kitchen? Okay. The way I got into it was just like, whatever. But like my memories of like first preparing food, like my dad had a lot of mobility issues and he would go to cook a big feast and he would always say, Joe, be my legs. And he would just tell me, go get this spice, go get this spice. Okay, you're gonna like rub. And he was always making like prime ribs or roasts or something ridiculous, which is like- hilarious because I'm vegan now but like pretty much my whole history of cooking as a child was like rubbing meat sure. down with spices <laughs> okay yeah,
1: um, yeah so when's your pit barbecue restaurant coming out <laughs> Barbecue. okay wait but really yeah I know I
0: <laughs> stay tuned for a secret announcement no, no. Um, but yeah and he would always tell me what the spice was and what to do with it and you know he owned a small business as well and I I didn't get a lot of time with him as a child. He was really busy and he passed away when I was young. So Mm. that's kind of like my big memory with him is just Mm. like learning about spicing and seasoning and different oils. And he had no training. Like I feel like he would just say, whatever like i just feel like now that i'm older i'm like yeah it didn't seem right
1: yeah. he's just making it up yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: like we used to make spaghetti um and it was like my favorite dish and uh we would do like ketchup butter and parmesan cheese for the sauce oh wow that was like fine dining for me until i was like 16 or 17 okay that's kind of like how I got into, um, preparing food. And I think the act of feeding people and like nourishing people is much more important to me than the food
1: itself. I was always really cognizant of that about your business was like, you really approach it from such a like front of house perspective. And I feel like I've always been really firmly like back of house oriented. Yeah, And I, I remember like just really like feeling like, wow, I can learn a lot from this person. Like Joe (laughs) is so attentive to like (laughs) all these things I wouldn't think of. Like I've learned a lot from since then, you know? I appreciate that. I always feel like I know nothing.
0: So it's really nice to hear you say that because I I feel the same about you. so It's really nice. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Sarah, is there any um, new projects coming up or anything we should know about around Top Shelf?
1: Um, nothing that comes to mind immediately. Cool. (laughs) I should have prepared. I should have prepared better. No,
0: nothing. Yeah,
1: nothing. (laughs) Just go on the website and buy stuff, please.
0: interesting. Cool, yeah. So you have a website. You have an Instagram. Talk a little bit about it.
1: Okay, I'm trying to post more because, Mm -hmm. like, that's how we Mm -hmm. um, talk to people now. So I find that hard because it's like, I don't always feel like I have something to say. So I'm trying to, like trying to do that more, trying to engage with everyone out there more. So it's great to see you doing stuff like this podcast so that we can all kind of continue these conversations. And I don't feel super connected to my community, like how I would want to. Um, But I do feel like Instagram is a place where I can get some of that from fellow business owners. So I really cherish that space, even though it's like got a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to open it up and see cookies and, you know, bread by us. Yeah, and... I know. Sometimes like a business owner
0: I like will comment on a photo and I'll be like, ah, oh, my best friend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's nice.
0: It'll, it'll just be like, looks good. And I'm like, you look good. I love you. But yeah, no, 100%. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Sarah, we're all out of time here. <laughs>
1: all right. Well, I it was going to go really fast. I hope, uh... We can hang out soon. Um, well, yeah, we will. I mean, okay, good. <laughs> okay. We can talk about this after, <laughs> yeah, I
0: guess. Okay. Thank you so much for talking. I really, really appreciate you. It was an
1: absolute pleasure. Thank you.
0: I love you so much. You. I love working together. Thanks so much. Thank you.
1: Bye bye.
0: Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Hot Goss with Little Joe. So when we first made this podcast, I was saying that there would be like a gossip portion. I don't know. I just like never did that. And I'm a liar. So today is going to be the first day of hot goss. And what's going to happen is any kind of like new things coming up at the shop, any announcements, this is a great time to tune in and hear about it. So. We actually have some gossip coming up on Easter weekend, which is about a month away. We're going to be working with a new small business on a regular basis who's going to be selling their products at Little Joe's. And we just bought a brand new freezer to carry their product for walk-in. And it's going to be everybody's favorite sausage party in the house so yeah we're gonna start carrying sausage party hot dogs, sausages pepperettes bacon whatever so we're gonna try to keep it stocked as much as possible for grab-and-go starting Easter weekend Um, you'll also be able to buy it on our online store. And if you liked this episode and you loved hearing about Sarah, and you loved hearing about about Top Shelf, we also actually carry their pickles and preserves in shop as well right now. And we just got the little baby yum-yums, the bread and butter, which are so delicious. In my opinion, sweet pickles are the best pickles. I hate sour. I actually hate savory food. So if I could just eat everything sweet, sweet pickles, uh, sweet chips, sweet hot dogs, I don't know, make it sweet, I'm there. I'm that kind of guy. I don't know. Yum, yum. Okay, that's all. Thanks for listening. This episode of Business Baby is produced by Little Joe, Technical Stuff by Jesse Dangerously, and Advertorial by Ray.
1: Are you ready to start? Okay. Yes. guess. Are you? Do you need to have some breaths first? Maybe. I'm just lighting incense. Oh, shit.
0: Yeah, this incense will definitely help. Gonna help. <laughs>